welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I am joined, as always, by co-host Ryan Donnelly. We've got a special one here. Usually this is a, a premium-style episode, but this week the timing has worked out that we're going to do coach talk. We're going to do uh, coach search talk, coach hiring talk here on the free feed. Ryan, how's it going? Good, man. Good. Uh, this is probably our... I don't know. I guess theoretically, the Arizona train kind of runs on forever, right? Yeah. Uh, this, I mean, this uh, could set off a chain reaction with like two more schools yet to get to be impacted. But yeah. there's a uh, we're getting down to our one of our final coach search episodes of the year. Yeah, there's another I would say pretty significant job that it seems like is going to be opening here within maybe the next 24 or 48 hours up in Ann yeah. Arbor, but I don't know how wide that... That's right. We're finally bringing Ryan Day to justice. That's yeah, right. I don't um, know how wide that search would span, but uh, yeah, we, we have seen, understandably, a bit of a uh, domino effect after the retirement of Nick Saban, which we talked about on the, I think, on the last free show. Maybe that was on the premium show. I don't remember. doesn't matter. On the last time that we recorded, we talked about that. Uh, we talked about the candidates. Uh, since then, there has been, obviously, as expected, movement on that front. Alabama, the the smoke is, is billowing out of the stadium. They have a new pope. They have a new head coach. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the replacement for that guy at his previous job and then the potential replacement for that guy at his previous, at his previous job. Uh, and, uh, like you said, the Arizona train maybe just keeps on rolling. Maybe just, just, just the, the entire sport slowly but surely turns over over the off season as each school hires someone else's sitting head coach because no one else has any ideas for what to do. Um, let's start here with the hire at Alabama. Um, this happened really quickly. This happened, I think the day after we put that, that candidate, list episode out it might have been even later that day i don't know it was it was the next day or the day after uh, i think it was yeah within a couple days yeah Yeah. it it was quick um and it was somebody who we talked about as as one of the top candidates but one that didn't really make a ton of sense to us culturally still doesn't really make a ton of sense to me um that would be uh kaylin DeBoer, formerly of course of washington (laughs) formerly of uh, the national championship game not very long ago uh he is the new head coach at alabama it seems like they kind of, from what I've gathered, uh, looked in a couple other places that we mentioned on that show before they got to him, but that he was always one of one of the top three or four guys on the board. And when those other guys uh, said no and <laughs> turned it into contract extensions pretty much across the board for uh, essentially everybody who is connected to or even, really even has ever met Jimmy Sexton, um, then they, uh, they settled with DeBoer. Um, I, I think we talked about this at, at you know a decent length in the last episode, but has your in the days since this has happened and as you see that staff starting to take shape, has your opinion changed on this at all? Uh not really, no. <laughs> I mean, like it seems like the hires he's making, he's bringing over his entire offensive staff except for his running backs coach. Tough for uh, that He's guy. retaining Robert Gillespie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn. He's retaining uh, Robert Gillespie from Alabama, who uh, he was at uh, North Carolina before, if I recall correctly. Um, he's retaining Freddie Roach on the defensive side, uh, on the defensive line. I don't really know what his defensive staff is going to look like, but losing T-Rob is difficult. Um, I have heard some rumors about Kane Womack uh, going for that job, the D.C. job. Man, that would be – I mean, they have a connection. They work together at Indiana. 
that would be uh <laughs> that would be a good hire if you can get him. He, I think he'd yeah. be a, a pretty damn good defensive coordinator, and it would fit with that that offense. They've played opposite a DeBoer offense before. Um, man, I I really like I get it for for the sake of career progression that you want to uh you know you, you want to as a coach you want to give yourself the best chance at getting a p5 or p4 or whatever it is job um i don't love the trend here of successful sitting g5 head coaches taking coordinator jobs at the at the p4 level um he's done pretty well it's kind at, of annoying. At, at south alabama yeah. i feel like you could just keep doing that and then eventually you would get a probably an sec job it's not like people don't know who kane womack is his dad is one of the most famous SEC defensive coordinators ever. Um, that would be kind of that would be kind of strange and a little bit frustrating, I think. Yeah, I get it, but regardless, it's out there as possibility. Um, there's also talks of like DJ Durkin. Uh, they tried to hire T. Rob back from Georgia days after he left and couldn't get him. Yeah, uh, I guess what I'm saying here is like I'm looking at the staff, and there's still plenty of hires yet to be made, but. Uh, they're talking about like Chuck Morrill rejoining his staff as the co-DC at Washington. There's some other names I've heard out there. There's not a lot of uh, like SEC dudes who are going to be on this staff at the early stage. Um, yeah. And and not a lot that they're like really attached to. I don't know, man. Like I understand it's a national job, but man, there are some dudes Is it this national? <laughs> it's not that national. Like you would like to have some SEC guys here. And it's the exact kind of concerns we talked about of like, yeah. Is the boar just a football coach who wants to coach on the field or is he willing to do what it takes? Like win a title in Alabama. And I understand he just played for a title. I really do get that, but different approach. <laughs> it's a very different approach. And it's a lot harder to do what he just did in Alabama because they're, you're not going to get a couple of years to ramp up to it. Um, and, and they're going to be I, yeah, and they're going to be pissed at you for the entire season if your defense isn't amazing. They're not going to even if you're in the fucking national yeah. championship game, they're going to be furious that your defense is just like middling. Um, that it doesn't matter how good your offense is, they want good defense too. They want to be perfect. They want they want a perfect football team. Um, and he has. I don't know. I, he's he's a really good football coach, and and maybe they figure it out. But I I think that if they don't end up getting somebody like Womack to to run the defense, it's, he's certainly somebody who knows his way around in the SEC. Um, I would be concerned. I I would it would it would reach concern levels of just like kind of I'm not the first one to make this comparison. Kind of feels like you guys hired Rich Rod. It feels like you guys just kind of. You went back and righted the wrong, I guess. <laughs> if you thought, well, what if we had hired Rich Rod in 2007 or six or whenever it was instead of Nick Saban? Think about how good that would have been. We could have had Rich Rod instead. Let's just go get him. Um, that's yeah, I I don't I don't know about that. I don't know about the process on that. That that's a little bit surprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I really don't. I don't know, man. I'm not getting the right vibes from it. I'll tell you that. And also, like, it seems like half Alabama's roster is going to hit the portal. Yeah. Um, and it's still early. Like, they're having decommits. 
uh and like they're having decommits for positions on the offense where it's supposed to be his thing yeah like uh, uh what well, isaiah bond is is headed to texas which is really funny well he um, yeah and then jamie french who's like the top receiver in the 2025 class decommitted yeah uh well, the other top receiver in 2025 class who reclassified to 2024 also decommitted five-star ryan williams yeah seems like he's going to auburn um yeah i don't know like i'd be kind of concerned i i, I mean alabama's alabama and they have you know, the resources around him and Saban, I'm sure is going to help shape this partly, but um, I don't think just importing Washington staff to Alabama is going to work. Yeah. I, I maybe it, maybe it translates better than we're assuming like it, it, it could, but it does feel a little bit like we said on the other show, it just feels a little strange. <laughs> it's like kind of a strange fit between school and guy and approach. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but of course, his departure from Washington left open the head coaching job in pretty much every spot on the staff uh, in uh, in Seattle, and their search also didn't take very long. They looks like kind of looked around a little bit, tried to uh, tried to stick their hand into the cookie jar at Kansas and grab Lance Leipold, and were promptly swatted away with an extension. Uh, good for Lance. We love Lance. Um, and they landed, oh, yeah, they landed on, uh, on Jed fish on, on, uh, big Jed fish from Arizona. Mm. Um, I've made, I've, I think I've made my thoughts on Jed fish pretty clear <laughs> through the run of this, this podcast. And I know the season that they just had at Arizona. I am not changing my tune on one Jed fish. I think he is a loser. I think he is a grifter and a loser who essentially, just got lucky <laughs> this year by virtue not of not only of of Noah Fafita being as good as he is and and those receivers um but additionally by Jaden Delora getting hurt and forcing their hand and making Noah Fafita play if Jaden Delora doesn't get hurt i don't think that happens um and i don't think Arizona goes whatever it was 10 and 3 uh that seems unlikely that seems unlikely given the football I have watched Jaden Delora play uh, I think they got lucky I think he backed into one and recognized that he was not going to repeat it or really even get all that close even as they moved to an easier league in the big 12 and thought well I might as well uh, jump onto this here money train before it leaves the station and everybody realizes that I have nothing to sell um, so I think Jed Fish, <laughs> good good timing, I guess, on his part. He he recognized his opportunity and jumped at it. Um, I I I understand that there was like the the thought of, oh well, what if he just waits another year and then he lands it? You know, he can go to Florida, which is like his his dream job, right? Uh, I don't think they were going to be good again. <laughs> I think that he probably recognized too. Uh, hey, I I kind of caught lightning in a bottle here, and I would like to get some money off of that while I still can. Um, and so I guess good for Jed Fish, bad for pretty much everybody else, bad for everybody at Washington, certainly. They'll be back here, I think, in two or three years. I think it's a dog shit hire. I think that they made a very stupid and panicked hire because they wanted just the shiniest thing that they could find in the bargain bin, and they landed on Jed Fish, which is never something I would recommend. I will be slightly more optimistic about it than you in the sense that I think you could argue if you were looking optimistically at jed fish that he built arizona from what was a pretty bad valley uh and improved you know year over year for three years in a row and ended up with a 10 and 3 season a top 12 finish one of their best finishes in quite a long time i think that's very impressive um 
However, I, I do still have my reservations about him, right? All the things we said about him before this season are still true. I don't really think he's – he doesn't have any philosophy to team building or to, like, anything. He just is kind of throwing guys out there and seeing what happens. He's trying to get, get the best guys he can, kind of, via his, like, limited recruiting and so the transfer portal and just kind of see what works. There's not really any theory or philosophy or approach to what he does. Yeah, um, It's just mishmash. That having been said, the mishmash turned into one of the best seasons in school history. I'm still skeptical, uh, but maybe we were wrong about him. I think it's possible we were wrong about him, and maybe he's actually good. Uh, I do think Washington was in a bad spot here, too, because they not only like hired him, they also hired him with a defensive contract against Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jed Fish is a Florida alum, and they know pretty well that his you know, alma mater is likely to come open next year or the year after, depending how long Billy Napier staves off the hangman's axe Yeah, or hangman's noose, I should say. Um, Damn, this is uh, one dangerous hangman. (laughs) God damn it. Um, (laughs) But I mean, they gave him a, what is it? $50 million contract over seven years, uh, which is a lot of money, probably more than that. I think Yeah, it's, it's a fair bit of cash to pony up and you don't really have any track record of evidence yet to feel confident that he's definitely good. He had one good season yeah. after two shitty ones. You're taking a big risk. I don't think I would have gone for this contract. I understand why they do it to kind of keep momentum up. The idea that he's going to bring in a good quarterback and probably some good receivers based on the combination of Washington's reputation and his reputation. I understand the thought process behind it. But man, it's a big risk. Yeah, yeah, it's a big risk, and and like my issue, I think is is largely that I don't know. I don't look at Arizona as currently constructed and as constructed even during this last season under Fish and think like, oh yeah, that looks structurally sound. I think that building, I think that bo- I think that building can hold people. I think it'd probably be good for people to be in that building. I don't really see that. It kind of just looks like you got some weird, some wood planks down there. And that's about the extent of your foundation is that you backed into a couple really good players and then a couple really good players did what <laughs> they are want to do. Um, but the uh, as uh, much much to the, <laughs> the dismay, I think, of Arizona fans now in, in the wake of his departure, um, he left them with what seems to be a real shit recruiting class, a real really bad, like a really, really not good recruiting class in 2024. I think the class of 24. Um, and was really <laughs> heavily dependent on transfer portal guys. And we've talked about that as, you know, a flawed approach. Um, I just, I don't really see what he is leaving behind at Arizona and think, yeah, giving him three or four years at Washington is probably a good idea, especially in, you know, the, with a roster that is kind of, uh, smoldering and will need to be will need to be repaired over the span of several years, probably through traditional means like high school recruiting and things like that. I don't know that I really believe he can do that. Um, it, it seems like his main approach, like you said, it doesn't. There's not like a clear philosophy and really much of anything that he does, other than like he has a monorail that he would like to sell to the local town, and it's worked so well for Arizona. And so, wouldn't you want a monorail to put you on the map? Um, and that's about it. And then he gets out of town before the thing crashes and everybody dies, uh, which is uh, an approach that he comes by honest, given his, uh, (laughs) given his resume and the coaches he has worked under. It's no wonder that he does this. It's no wonder that he's like that, but I don't know that I would personally, from what I have seen of the monorail, I don't know that I would want it in my town. I don't know that it works all that well. 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm just not really interested in the whole project. I, I would have taken someone with a more sustainable approach like a Brent Brennan. Uh, we're probably going to talk about here pretty soon uh, for Arizona. I, I just think there are more stable coaches you could have put your faith into or more interesting younger coaches. Uh, I just don't think I would have gone with Jed Fish. Like, I don't really understand. Like, he's not like a young up-and-comer. He's almost 50. Yeah. Uh, he's been in coaching, like, <laughs> almost nonstop since, like, 1998, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't really get what the what the play is here. I don't really understand. I don't know. I just don't really get it. He doesn't seem um, to even be like particularly well liked, which is which is unfortunate. There was the the reporting, of course, after his in the immediate wake of his departure about how the meeting that he had with his team to tell them that he was leaving lasted yeah, all lasted of three minutes. Yeah, three minutes, yeah. and there were like players on the team who were pretty publicly not super happy with that, understandably so. Um, yeah, he also signed the contract for Washington in his house in Tucson. Yeah, which is a uh, that's yeah. a cold move. That is a uh... you can't make the flight up to Seattle. You can't <laughs> you can't the Washington can't charter a plane to bring you up. That doesn't uh, not 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 the best uh, optics in the world on that. But I guess you get what you get when you uh, when you go jed fishing. Um, Let's uh, we'll, 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 let's talk about some of the guys who can potentially replace him at Arizona. But before we do that, let's tell the people about our sponsors. Uh, first of which would be HomeFieldApparel.com, which is the place, the hub, the number one spot on the internet for high quality collegiate vintage apparel for basically every team. And the collection somehow is expanding even further. Uh, they are back with new shirts, new teams, refreshes, everything that you could want over there. Uh, they have really, really comfortable shirts, sweatshirts, bomber jackets, hats, joggers, everything that you could, everything that you could reasonably wear. They have it. Um, you don't need socks or anything like that. You, if you have home field, you will be just fine with uh, the joggers and the shirt and the sweatshirt and all that stuff. Socks not necessary. Um, and you can go on yeah. over there if it's underwear. Your... Never heard of it. Never yeah. heard of it. I wear. I only wear home field underwear, and they made one pair specifically for me, and I wear it every day. Yeah, um, I am really excited about the upcoming home field loincloth drop they're doing. Yeah, that's gonna um, be so cool. That's gonna be, right. <laughs> that's yeah. gonna be so cool. Oh, <laughs> uh, we love that. Um, we yeah. are working on our home field chainmail orders. We talked about that last year. Still yeah. not. Still not got any shipping updates there, Connor. Yeah, um, I, I know they had. Yeah, they had some supply chain issues with that. I know that it's been. As they, as he said, I don't really know where to source chainmail from, um, which is you know, that's not my problem. That's a him problem. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm I'm the customer. You don't need to tell me this. Uh, <laughs> just figure it out. But um, yeah, the, unfortunately, no chainmail quite yet. But they do, of course, have the loin cloths coming soon. And if it's your first time over there, you can use the code Meet at Midfield and get fifteen percent off of your first purchase. Uh, it is homefieldapparel.com. Again, the code is Meet at Midfield for 15% off your first purchase. Ryan, do you want to tell people about Meet at Midfield real quick? Yeah, of course. That is our website, Patrick. Uh, that is where we have premium episodes of this podcast uh, every other week. Uh, in the off-season, it's where we have all of our articles. You, me, Kevin Harris, Taylor Fulton, writing about National College Football, the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, everything else in between. Um, there are all the articles on there. There is our message board community, which we really think is the best in college football. Uh, the board is still humming throughout the offseason. We're talking about coaching searches. We're talking about player departures, players who are staying, the transfer portal. We're talking about um, you know everything you can imagine, roster construction, yeah. straight the conditioning coaches, athletic Ross director Bjork. hires. 
We got Bjork yeah, discourse Ross Bjork going on over there. there. We love it. Yeah, uh, man, <laughs> we love it. it. Is, uh, it's <laughs> we we do love it. We're threatening bodily harm to university presidents if they don't do what we want for sports. Yeah. It's it's that kind of community, you know, parody. Yeah. Um, but look, come on, subscribe, come join the community. It's the best in college football. Uh, you will get more episodes of this podcast every other week. You'll hear other episodes of High Street Freaks, the premium. Um, you get to read all the articles and, and join the uh, the illustrious array of posters we've gathered. So come boogie. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Arizona here. Let's talk about some candidates. We've got a, a rough list. Obviously, they need a replacement for Jed Fish. Um, let's start here with, uh, well, let's go with Johnny Nansen. Let's open it up with Johnny Nansen. This is a guy who I know is on your radar. I will tell you, I don't know all that much about Johnny Nansen. Um, it would be kind of an internal uh, hire, kind of. He's He's technically not there anymore he was hired very recently at texas as co-defensive coordinator um which is uh bringing him back together with steve sarkeesian with whom he worked i believe at washington and usc but he was at arizona before that uh he was the defensive coordinator and inside linebackers coach there what is the deal with with nansen yeah so he was like you said at arizona after the last couple years 2022 and 2023 uh, he was their DC. He just got hired uh, as the DC at Texas or the co-DC about a week and a half ago. Um, basically, this is the guy that all the players on the current roster should be pushing for. Um, it's not quite an internal hire, but it's close enough, like you said, right? Um, there are basically from the star players, uh, Noah Fafita, Tenawara McMillan, T-Mac, they are kind of pushing uh, for him, this is all according to reporting from Jason Shear of WildcatAuthority.com, uh, the 247 website for Arizona. Uh, he is born and raised in Samoa. He has a lot of connection to the uh, the broader Polynesian community, and it seems like those players are pretty, you know, are pretty adamant for him yeah. in Arizona. Um, he is also someone who just did pretty well at that roster and kind of improved it year over year. Like you said, he's been around major college football for a while. Um Made stops at Washington, USC, UCLA, Arizona, and now Texas. Uh, he's still only 49 years old. It just seems like a popular guy who everyone kind of wants around. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I think he has some real momentum. The other internal hire, kind of internal hire candidate was Brennan Carroll, who is, of course, Pete Carroll's oldest son. Uh, but he just took on the gig as Washington's OC to follow Jed Fish. Yeah. Um, Probably doesn't he did interview well for his candidacy. Yeah. <laughs> he did an interview, but I think was told he was unlikely to get a job. Basically, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is fine. I I I, I understand the, uh, you know, you just lost a coach, uh, who had a, a really good season to close things out. You want to hire internally to replace him from the same side of the ball. That is a natural instinct. I think that not hiring Brennan Carroll probably a fair decision. Don't really blame them for that. Nansen is more interesting to me, honestly. I know that the offense was the big, you know, the the unit that drew a bunch of attention this season, but uh, you mentioned, like, his connection with, and, and I think large responsibility for the Polynesian contingent that was on the team. That is the, like, not the number one thing, because he's also a really good football coach, but that is something that really, really stands out to me and something that I know... Arizona would really like to continue because they had a ton of success 
establishing themselves within that kind of recruiting pipeline uh, under Fish, and that was a big part of why they were so successful this season. And Nansen is kind of the guy who spearheaded that effort. Um, and like you said, he, he did a good job with the defense. I think the defense was honestly more sustainable long-term than the offense was, and I, I think Nansen would make sense. Um, you don't it, you don't see a ton of first-time head coaches hired from defensive coordinator spots. It's just not super common, and so he's he's fighting an uphill battle there. But I do think that if you're if you're hiring internally, um, and it seems like Arizona agrees, this would be the one to hire if you want to do that. If you, if you want the continuity, if you want to try and keep this roster largely intact, I think this guy would be a much much better option than Brendan Carroll, who I, I think honestly is just kind of a nobody. He, he doesn't really move the needle for me. Yeah, uh, I'm with you, and I don't really know how much control he had over that offense. I think he was starting to be play call more this season, but um, I don't know. I, I don't think like they were doing anything schematically that blew me away. It was more of, hey, they had some of the best receivers in the conference, and all stayed locked into a yeah. uh, freshman quarterback. No one knew was that good because of injury. Yeah, like I, I don't say I would give Carroll much of credit for that, and also he didn't coach the quarterback. He was no line coach. Yeah, um, and their offensive line was which... fine. <laughs> it was it was fine. It was not like. Damn, this this Arizona offensive line is different. Like they're, I don't know, they were fine. They were okay. They didn't. They yeah. weren't actively bad. They they generally did their job. That's fine. I don't know if that's a head coaching candidate level performance. They were fine. Yeah, pretty much where I'm at with you. I am. Uh, I'm right there. Yeah. But <clears throat> moving down the candidate list, um, we had our boy on here, Patrick, our absolute dog. Oh yeah. Uh, Brent Brennan. Yeah. Um. This I think this would He's be good. Yeah, I think this yeah. would be good. I, th- I think I think that this, if I'm making the hire, and apparently nobody is listening to me because whenever I have suggested a, a smart hire, a lot of schools have gone out and seemingly actively tried to go do the opposite of what I have said, and then they've landed a dumb hire, which I I don't know why everybody's doing that, but. Um, yeah, Brent Brennan's a really good football coach. <laughs> he's he's a really 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 good football coach. Um, he I believe uh, he was a graduate assistant first at uh, at Washington. He was a graduate graduate assistant first at Hawaii, then at Washington, and then at Arizona in two thousand. Um, I know that he is uh, very well liked there. Obviously, he has a long running connection with Dick Tomey, uh, who he was a, a graduate assistant under in 2000. Tomey, one of the more successful Arizona coaches in program history, um, and I don't, I don't believe he, I don't believe he went there. I think he went to UCLA. But he has a lot of connections to the program, obviously a lot of connections to the region that they like to recruit, given that he has been the head coach of San Jose State since 2017 and, and has been a California recruiter, an Arizona recruiter for quite some time. He did that at Oregon State. He did that in, as an assistant under Tommy at San Jose State. He was at Cal Poly. Um, I I think that this would be the the smart hire. I, th- I think that this would be the one, and I, I think that it has, from what I have gathered, um, largely from Shear's reporting, as you mentioned earlier, it seems like there is a lot of internal support, booster core support for Brent Brennan. And it, I know he was a finalist for the job last time, uh, and they don't want to pass up on him again, has been my impression, at least of the, the moneyed people at Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense, right? Like, the stability he's brought and the success he's brought at 
San Jose State is impressive. I mean, yeah. it's the first time in school history they've made three bowl games in four years. That's never happened before. Um, you know, there have been, I think, a couple instances where they've made two bowl games in four years previously. Yeah. Uh, it just does not really happen very often. It is not the kind of place where they have sustained success like this. Um, I, I think you can, like, it sometimes is hard to translate that kind of steady success at a G5 school like that never really built into like a crescendo. I know they did in 2020, which is a very hard season to evaluate, obviously yeah. with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but without having a non pandemic season, like peak of a nine, 10 win year, it can be hard to project to the power five level. But I just think this is a guy that knows how to build a program sustainably and coach football. Yeah. I mean, and, if he, yeah, if, if he could do it at San Jose state, I would, I would think he could certainly do it at Arizona. I, I would think that that that, that skill set applies because they have, I mean, they've built, like you said, a program that's gone to three bowls in, in four seasons and that won the Mountain West in 2020 um, from nothing, from, from you know, garbage. It was, it was not... It was not a feasible program, really, until he showed up, at least not consistently. T- coaches had had one-off years or two-off years and then immediately jump ship. He has built something that, that can last at San Jose State in a way that really, in the modern era, nobody has has done. It's been since like the 70s and 80s that they have had a, a run like this. Um, and I would think that that ability would would translate that ability to build a program. And I think that crucially, uh, the other, the other thing working in Brent Brennan's favor here is that he knows a lot of people who can recruit the area and have done so at a higher level than San Jose state. He did it. He did it at Oregon state. Like I said, um, I don't think that it would be a case where he's just bringing a bunch of, you know, G five exclusive guys, guys who have only been at San Jose state. Like he's been around, he's 50. He's, he's been in the sport he has worked for bigger schools than San Jose State. I think he would probably build a really strong staff that would know what to do at Arizona in a, in a way that I don't know that you could say all that often about Arizona, that they have had a distinct plan for what they want to do. And I, I think that he would bring that as well as the stability of like, you're going to go to a bowl game probably every year. Um, I, I think that the long-term plan also is pretty attractive under under him, especially as you move into an easier conference. Do you uh do you know his middle name? Um, I am looking at the Wikipedia page, so I do I do happen to know it, but I'll let you do the reveal anyway. It's Brent Munger Brennan. Yeah. <laughs> what is what is that? What is Munger? Where the is Mung. that? Yeah, Munger. <laughs> Brent Munger. That's a huh. Um. Yeah, but I, yeah, I just anyway. thought I mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think it would be a good hire. I I think that it would be I think it would be a smart hire. I don't know if. Arizona is really in the business of making smart hires. That's not traditionally been their MO, um, but maybe they want to change that. You can always change that. You can always <laughs> you can always reverse course and make a smart hire instead of a dumb one like they usually make. I think that would be wise. Yeah, I mean, I also don't think you're ever at risk of Brent Brennan jumping to a bigger job. Yeah. Like, this is a firmly a West Coast guy for his whole career. He's also 50. Like, realistically, by the time he gets to Arizona to the point where it's, like, if it's humming along, I don't think he's going to jump for a big job at, like, 55 years old. I don't think that's very likely. Uh, I think you could keep him for a good while if you get him, which is a is a positive. Yeah. I, I guess maybe the, the fear would be, like, what if UCLA opens and he has it humming? But 
I would I don't yeah. I don't think you need to be all that worried about it right now. I would I would worry more about getting a good coach and then if you lose him at some point, uh you have still had those successful seasons and built a, a foundation that can last. Um that seems like a that seems like a good idea. Um <laughs> I would I would recommend that. I think that this next one here would also kind of fit that same billing. I would be honestly a, a little bit more skeptical of it just because I I don't know, he's just been kind of mid there. Um Jake Dicker at uh Washington State who I don't I just what do you say about Jake Dicker? He's there. He's been there. They had such a shit ass season this year where they started so strong and then just looked like they weren't being coached or that they didn't care or whatever it was and then they 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 didn't even go to a bowl game, did they? I think they went 5 and 7. Um yeah, they sure did. That's rough. Yeah, I don't know. He's He's gone to a pair of bowl games at, at Washington State. One of them was in the, the short. When he was interim. Yeah, yeah. when he was, uh, when he, yeah, three and three as an interim. Um, best season is seven and six. I know that, that Brent Brennan's resume isn't, you know, filled with better records than that, but Washington State is, is not San Jose State. It's not identical. Um you can talk yourself into it. You know, he's, he's been, I don't think I can. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can. <laughs> Maybe somebody else can. He's, he's had some success. They were decent at some points this year. They were pretty good to start the year and then it all kind of fell apart on them. Um, but I, it feels like the, 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 you know, shine has kind of come off of him since that slow yeah. finish to the season. He has, uh, uh, I, I think he's kind of really burned and churned through coaches too, particularly the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, I worry he doesn't really have much of a a plan in place. I feel like he was kind of running the like a halfway air raid at Waz- like Wazoo until he got a good running back, uh, only because it was what Mike Leach ran. It yeah. was kind of like what the system was recruited to. But I don't think he has any like. I, I don't know, man. I don't know what his plan is at Wazoo. I have no sense of that. I, I don't understand what he's trying to do there. Yeah. Other than, well, hey, I got Cam Ward. Let me try to do something to build around him. And that's not really a player good enough to build around. No, as it, uh, as let it alone turned hire out. Yeah. Two, <laughs> yeah, or hire two different coaches to build around him. Yeah. Um, and then lose him to the portal anyway. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. This is this to me would be a disaster hire. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about him and people who just like are getting the access journalism pieces who say he's cool or right. But I bet that's probably not true. I don't think he's a good coach. It's not usually true when it comes to those guys. <laughs> I don't think he's a good coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> track record is not great on that one. Yeah, I I can't really I can't really talk myself into this one. Maybe if you did it last year, it would have made more sense, right? Because you know we don't have the recency bias of like his team was shit down the stretch. They completely gave up on the season, and that's kind of hard to overcome but even then yeah i don't know he's just been fine he's, he's they lost seven of their last eight yeah. yeah he's been fine he's been firmly just pretty much down the middle average i think that his overall record is right about down the middle average i don't love that i, I don't as a school that was in the same conference as arizona and 
has had success. I, I don't I don't love the the resume for him. Um, somebody yeah. who I got pasted by the way, forty four to six by Arizona last year. Awesome, that, that is awesome. really cool. Yeah. I think that was right around when they fell apart, if memory serves. Um, yeah, they, that was their second back to back loss. They they beat Oregon State for their big win. Yeah, then they uh, they... lost at UCLA on a one score game, and then they yeah. uh, got shit stopped by Arizona. <laughs> And then they lost uh, four more in a row after that. Cool. They beat Colorado and lost another one. Yeah. They just kind of gave up. Okay. Well, good season. We'll see you all uh, <laughs> somewhere else down the road, maybe. <laughs> maybe we'll catch back up when we do the reunion of this 5-7 and seven team. Um, the next one here, I, I think, I would I would not say is would be a good hire. I do think it would be a very Arizona hire. I think that this, given Arizona's track record, is one that would uh, makes sense <laughs> for, for Arizona and the way that it seems to hire coaches. That would be Barry Odom, oh boy. who is the head coach at UNLV, uh, of course, formerly the head coach at Missouri, where, speaking of guys who were straight down the middle average, 25 and 25 in four seasons as the head coach at Missouri. Um, he went, uh, boy, he still managed to find five losses. <laughs> That's awesome. Barry Odom still the man can't help himself. He loves to lose five games in the in the in a season. Uh, went nine and five in his first season at UNLV. Speaking of teams that the shine kind of came off of down the stretch, boy, they really shit the bed in the last month or so of the season. Not super competitive <laughs> down the stretch, losing to a not yeah. very good Boise State team in the Mountain West Championship game. I think they lost another one before that, and then they were. They were present in the bowl game. They were there. Uh, they were involved. They were one of two teams that were there. Um, I don't know. The man has never had fewer than five losses in a season, and he was the head coach at Missouri, which is not, you know, desolate, and UNLV, which has given him plenty of money and seems like it probably should have been better than 9-5 and five this season, given how well they played a lot of a lot of points of the season. Um, but he's a name that people know, <laughs> people generally know. Uh, he was a head coach before at another Power 5 school, and he wasn't super successful there, but that seems to be pretty much the M.O. for Arizona. Is is this a guy who people know? If yes, was he also a head coach at a, at a P5 school, or does he know people who were head coaches at P5 schools? And if he does that too, then we should bring him in. That's all we need. We just check those two boxes off. Do we know his name, and do we know who he worked for? Um, and Ugh. that's technically true. You know his name and you know who he's worked for. I don't really, I don't really know what the appeal is beyond that. He's just, he's just some guy. <laughs> he's pretty much just there. If you want to go roughly six and six every year, Barry Odom's a great option. Yeah. And it's not like he had this like wealth of experience out West before taking this job. No. Right. Like he's not. He's not going to be, <laughs> I don't think, a strong guy in the Arizona area or in California. Well, hey, at least he you don't have Mizzou to. Ex- yeah, you don't have to worry ahead. about him jumping ship to his alma mater. That's good. He's never going to do yeah. that. He's already had and lost the dream <laughs> job. You don't even need to worry about it. God. I mean, that's the thing. He spent his entire career bouncing between this small triangle of Missouri, Memphis, and Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, until now. It's like, I just don't think he's going to do anything. I don't think there's anything happening here. I just, I, I don't understand. Yeah. Barry Odom sucked as a DC as well. Like he wasn't even good at that part of the job <laughs> when he was in Arkansas. Yeah. He fell backwards into this job and they shit their pants on the stretch. He basically hired a really good OC who had a really good quarterback. 
Uh, and uh, Brennan Marion, we like to make fun of a little bit because he is the ultimate job hopper. But like, there's no mistaking the guy could call a game. Yeah. I, I don't think any of us would say. Yeah, his offense works. Really his offense is stupid, but it works. <laughs> it's like I can't. Yeah, I can't works. argue that. Yeah. It's 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 he's gimmicky, but he has had a lot of successful offenses. It's it's he's correct in his assessment. It works at the college, at the college level, and that's the fucking Basically, game. I don't care yeah. how it would apply to the NFL. He's a college coach. It works at college. It's good. That's successful. Everywhere he's got in college, the position group has been better to have him. Like yeah. every single stop he's made from Howard to William Mary to Hawaii to Pitt to Texas to UNLV, they've all improved by having him. Yeah, um, just hire him. He's on the board later on here. We could just do this. We could just knock this out of the way now. Just hire Brendan Marion. Uh, yeah, he's probably going to yeah. leave in two years, but who cares? <laughs> just hire Brendan Marion yeah. and uh, let him cook up a really good offense he, for a couple he, years. He, Look, it would not be the first time you had an offensive-minded head coach who had some off-field embarrassments for you because of certain things he did outside of working hours. Uh, no, it would I'll actually, it if they didn't do that, it would be the first time that they didn't have a coach who applied <laughs> who that applied to, which is interesting. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think Jed Fish had any off-field issues, right? Well, I mean, I think that he that himself is just kind of an off-field issue. I think that, <laughs> I think that just it, as a man, he hear is. a rumor that... I don't know if we can say this on a free podcast. Isn't Jed Fish? Didn't you hear that? I don't know about that. I don't. I think, uh, it's a parody. I think I heard that. Bleep that out. Bleep that out. Bleep that one out. What I can say is 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 uh, what has been made publicly available, which is that he used to get fucking down in the mud with one Zach Smith on Twitter uh, back in like 2015. That was his big thing that he did. Was that he was the guy? He was the attack dog for Michigan against Zach Smith. It was a good use of everybody's time. Uh, just yelling at each other on Twitter, <laughs> sniping back yeah. and forth, and then uh, the drunk from Nebraska. That was the other one. It was the the triumvirate of guys. Uh, wideouts. Yeah, yeah wideouts. He, he's like, isn't he like, uh, what's his name, Keith Williams? Is yeah, that I, right? think he, I think uh, he's at the Ravens now. He might have gotten arrested for another fucking DUI because yeah, yeah. he can't stay. <laughs> he can't keep himself off the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, he's been with Baltimore since twenty twenty one. Cool. Um, good for him. You can legally yeah. do it there too, so that's good. That's a really good pairing. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about doing an all-time uh, just bit heist and doing a Yinzer guy who yells about uh, who yells about Steelers football called Donnie. Yeah, uh, from from Stav's Ronnie thing. Yeah, could have some legs to it just yeah. to see how quickly I can get sued. That would be cool. I bet. Yeah, probably pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, if you are, I mean, people don't realize this. If you're a football coach in the AFC North, you are allowed to drunk drive. It's not illegal for you to do. It's <laughs> it's actually kind of required as part of the job. Um, it, comes, yeah. it comes with the territory. Um, but uh, yeah, just hire Brennan Marion if you want to do this. I don't think that Barry Odom would bring anything that you can't just get with Brennan Marion, who is uh, younger and better at coaching and much better as a as a recruiter and even with his his kind of you know school jumping i think just more likable than Barry Odom just hire Brendan Marion it's fine you can you can bring in all the national guys to do their fucking you know the the puff pieces on what he's building there uh it's fine it's, it's that's what you want that's the main that's the main purpose of Arizona football is to produce puff pieces about their coach Brendan Marion would be ideal for that he would love that that would be that would be great for both parties I, I just if you want to go get somebody from UNLV I think that there's a much better option there who would also probably be cheaper cheaper and easier to sell I don't I don't know why Barry Odom would need to be in the calculus here I think you could just cut out that middleman and go right for the guy who actually made them good this year 
Yeah, uh, I, I think that makes sense to me. Uh, I would not hire Barry Odom. Here's a guy I would think about, but I ultimately don't know if I would pull the trigger on. Yeah. Where are you at on G.J. Kenny? Um, I get it. I could I could understand it. Uh, given the success that he's had as as a head coach, it's a very 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 short tenure that he has had. He had one year at Incarnate Word and went twelve and two. Uh, and took him to the FCS semifinals, and then he had one season this past year at Texas State and went eight and five and took him to a bowl game, which one of the best seasons in school history. He deserves a ton of credit for that. They were really, really good way earlier than anybody expected them to be. But this is a guy who, let me get the exact age here, um, 35. He is knee high to a frog. He has been a head coach for two seasons, both times in the state of Texas. He has basically never left the state of Texas. Um, I guess he was an assistant for one year each with Hawaii and UCF. That's cool. You can, whenever you can get somebody off of the Grantham tree or the the Todd Graham tree, you got to do that. Um, and then he was at Arkansas and SMU as as a GA and an offensive analyst. I, yeah, I, which I get, is uh, like yes, that was he's from the trailer. Like trailer is the first guy to hire him. Yeah, tra- yeah, trailer he, did. Um, I guess Chad Morris as well because they were well, he uh, yeah, kind of a package deal there. Um, yeah, but didn't he, didn't he play for trailer in high school or something like that? He, or something? yeah, I, th- I think so. He might've done. I don't know. Maybe he, not. Maybe not. I don't know. He is from Texas. He played at Tulsa in, in college. I, the dream of recruiting Texas for Arizona is always going to be there. It's always going to be appealing and they do need to recruit Texas. Like that's part of where their roster is going to come from. They're really kind of just pulling from the two big recruiting hotbeds that they are sandwiched between with Texas and California. And then there's a little bit of, you know, there's, there's a burgeoning recruiting scene in, in Arizona. I'm, I'm workshopping a theory that every uh, high school player from Arizona is not a serious person. Um, but that's, you know, in, in the works, I'm not there yet. I'm I like not ready Christian to, Kirk. yeah. Okay. I'm not, I'm not ready to fully say that quite <laughs> yet, but those are the two places you want to recruit from. This would be the opposite. You know, th- this is the other end of that where you want to go into Texas. It's not a new idea for these guys. I get it. I, I think that this would be a lot more, encouraging and, and inspiring than some of the other names that we have rattled off here. I think if, if you're down to Jake Dicker, Barry Odom, and GJ Kenny, I would, I would take Kenny in a heartbeat, but he has been a head coach for all of, of, you know, two years. And before that, he was an actual like on-field assistant for two more years. He was the OC at Hawaii. And then he was the co-OC at UCF. I would, I would maybe want to see a little bit more. I, I know that the, the early returns are very encouraging. You don't want to miss the boat, whatever. There will always be new hot shots in the state of Texas. There will always be some guy who's 35 and is having more success than you would expect in the state of Texas. I don't think that, I don't think that the resume is large enough yet to justify giving him the keys to this specific car. Um, I'd I'd let him do a couple more years. I'd, I'd let him do a couple more years before I'm hiring him for a P4 job. Yeah, fine by me. I, I'd let him prove a little bit longer. Uh, and also, I mean, like, if you like Jay Kenny, just go get Jeff Trailer. Yeah. I know he just signed, uh, what, two years ago, he signed a 10-year, $28 million deal. So you'd have twenty million, give or take, and buyouts to pay, maybe twenty-one million. Um, you can swing that. You're a big boy school. Yeah. Uh, you just got paid a buyout from from Washington. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, if you like J.J. Kinney, just go hire Jeff Trailer. That's can, my advice. I was. Can they pay uh, that? Are they a big boy school? Because I remember 
not too long ago the story about Arizona being that they were dead broke. <laughs> they were, they oh, were... they had that accounting error. That's right. Uh, <laughs> they, um... they lost $8 billion because a spreadsheet was fucked up or something like that. Yeah, what's up with that? What, what did happen with that? Is someone going to jail for that? What was going on over there? I don't know what the deal was with that. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> that's like the most orderly Arizona. Yeah, yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the only person in the state who was actually trying to do their job. <laughs> the guy who reported, hey, I uh, think I fucked up the spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, seems good. Seems like a good thing to do. That would be how I would certainly advise running a university. Um, yeah, I think Kenny would be fine. I, 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 If you want trailer, I would say go after trailer. Give him a call. I don't know that he would take it. He has turned down some pretty significant jobs already. Um, but I, I think that Kenny would be on the upper end of the coaching candidates here, but he's not, I don't think he's number one or top, top two or three for me. He's, it would be fine. I could, I could talk myself into it, which I can't say about some of these other ones. This one is, this next one here is very strange. I will say this is a very, very strange one. I don't fully understand why either party would do this. And that would be Cal's Justin Wilcox. Um, maybe you can talk me out of this here. Maybe, maybe you're on a different, you know, a different place with this. This feels to me like Justin Wilcox just had a, you know, another kind of tough season at Cal. They went to a bowl game and he would like to get himself some more stability in the form of a contract extension. That is what this feels like to me. Yeah, it's, this is, um, I mean, dude, this is just West coast Barriona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. You got kind of is. Um, yeah. Except he has a worse career record. I mean, he's gone. He's gone over five hundred uh, twice in seven years of being a head coach. Cool. Two times he's been over five hundred at the end of the season. Yeah. I like. I think Wilcox is is fine. I think he's okay. They've had some good defenses. The defense has been kind of weirdly shitty for the last couple of years, which is what has held them back that and their offense is really never all that good but it did it did improve this season um it just doesn't really move the the needle in any meaningful way to me I don't know I don't really know what you'd be getting from Wilcox uh, I, I it just he, he doesn't really appeal all that much he's just decent he's fine he's okay like you said he's kind of which west coast barry odom i guess that would be better than regular barry odom which has no real ties to the west coast and i know you got to tap into that crucial recruiting territory of arkansas if you're arizona um but at least wilcox has been in california before you know he was he was a dc at usc as well he was at Boise State up in up in Idaho. That doesn't really help you a lot. He played at Oregon. Um, he's been in the area, uh, but uh, again, I I don't really. What is the? I'll 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 put it like this. What is the? What is the model here? What is the example that you're trying to follow? Who are you trying to be by hiring him? What is the program you're going for? I don't really, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know what your what is Damn, your ideal is here. Qu- uh... Is it like Mario Cristobal's uh, Oregon? That feels kind of optimistic. I, I do you want to? I be... think maybe it's Dave Doran's NC State. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's the dream. Uh, is it like? Is it like? <laughs> is it like Wisconsin of the Southwest? Is that the idea? You want to be, be Southwestern Wisconsin? I don't really know. I don't really know about that. I don't really know how. The that thing would to be Southwestern fit. Wisconsin is you have to get 
a bunch of really good D linemen to do that. Yeah. Uh, because of the style everyone plays that you would yeah. play. <laughs> and unfortunately, they don't make and those there. They don't. That doesn't. That, you don't. This, you don't get them. Yeah. yeah this if factory they do exists. They don't play for you. No, this factory does not produce those <laughs> in in the quantity that you would need. I don't really. I don't really know what the. I don't really know what the idea is. I don't really know what the idea would be behind this. You want South Carolina Will, Will Muschamp? Is that the idea? You want to be seven and five sometimes? <laughs> Just kind of there, not really doing a whole lot. He's well liked in the area. That's why you hire him. I, I don't. I yeah, don't get it. Wow. I don't really. I don't really understand. <laughs> no thanks. Uh, there's two more names we get through relatively quickly here. Yeah. Uh, Will Stein. But real quick, I'll say as we finish this off, shit list, really bad guys. Arizona, (laughs) what are we, what are we doing out here? You got like two. There's a couple. There's a couple names you and I didn't mention. Like, I mean, yeah, Tom Herman was on here. They're not going to hire him after last year. Um, Troy Calhoun was on here. They're never going to go to the triple. They think too highly of themselves. Um, they should, but they won't. Who else did we? We crossed off preliminarily. Uh, oh, Jason um, Candle, of course. The 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 uh, the inevitable. The the, the guy who is possible hire. Yeah, the yeah. guy who is listed for every open position. Uh, what, does Matt Campbell want to get involved? Do we are we sure that Matt Campbell doesn't want to get his hand on this fucking ball too? You got to throw him in there. I'm hearing that Matt Campbell is going to be a candidate. Shut up. No, he isn't. <laughs> Jason Candle's not going to be a fucking candidate. Come on. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think we need to go into a ton of detail on those guys. Anyway, uh, penultimate name on the list here, as you were beginning to say before I cut you off, Will Stein, who is the OC at Oregon. Um, another guy who came off of the Jeff Trailer tree. Uh, he was also a quarterback at Louisville, an assistant at Louisville. Followed, I believe, Charlie Strong to Texas. And he was a high school coach in Texas for a little while. Not a head coach, notably. <laughs> An offensive coordinator. And then UTSA plucked yeah. him. And he did he, a really good job there. And then he was at Oregon this past season. He was the offensive coordinator for Garrett Wilson's high school football team his senior year. Damn. Um, that's how recently he was coaching high school football. That's and not, wild. again, not as a head coach. That's wild. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. This guy yeah. developed Matthew Baldwin. How can you pass him up? <laughs> <laughs> honestly getting matthew baldwin to sign with ohio state is actually credit for a high school football coach <laughs> yeah i suppose so yeah that's that's fair um so okay so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna make the uh i'm gonna make the unfair uh not taking under not taking under consideration the context of the situation uh not understanding the difference between the, the coaches i'm going to take the the arizona region sports talk radio uh point here of didn't okay. hey didn't arizona state just do this didn't they just hire the oregon <laughs> offensive coordinator like last year didn't they just didn't they just fucking do this what what are we following their lead now um and i know that that point is unfair i know that will sign is not the same as kenny dillingham and the situations are very different but ryan didn't arizona state just do this <laughs> They did. They did just do that. <laughs> I think Will Stein's just like a better Kenny Dillingham. Yeah. But he's also like, he's Kenny Dillingham that had less time to fuck up. Like, to be fair, Will Stein's been in better situations, I think. Yeah. Uh, and hasn't had as many opportunities to shit his pants. Stein got into like bigger roles earlier on. Or sorry, Dillingham got into bigger roles earlier on than Stein did. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's kind of fair. I don't think I would make this higher. Yeah, I, I don't think I would either. I would I would probably again, like I was saying with, with Kenny, 
I'd probably let him go be a head coach somewhere else first before I do this. I don't know that. Yep. I don't know that the qualifications are quite there yet for him. He's he's been a coordinator. He's been I mean he's been an on-field assistant at the FBS level for four seasons. He spent 3 at UTSA as two as the pass game coordinator and wide receivers coach, one as the co-OC and quarterbacks coach, and then one at Oregon. And yeah, Oregon's offense was really good this year. He did a good job. It was not the most complicated offense in the world, but he did a good job of adjusting to what he had. The offense was good. That's that's fair. The offense was good at UTSA. That's also fair. Um, is that enough to make him your head coach at Arizona? I I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think that that's enough. I would even even if you're hiring a first time head coach, which is fine. You can do that. It's not the end of the world. It has worked before. I think I'd probably want one who has been in college football for longer as a, as an on-field assistant for longer than four years. I, I, I don't think that that's asking too much. I don't think that I'm being, I don't think I'm being unfair uh, to young coaches here to say more than four years, more than one recruiting cycle class, <laughs> not even one with, with when he started. He's still working with, with guys who came in in 2020 when he first started as an on-field assistant. Um, Maybe maybe more than that would be fair to expect. I don't know that four years as an assistant on the on the on the actual field at the FBS level is enough to qualify you to be the head coach of uh, one of what no. like sixty Power Four schools at this point. I yeah. I I don't know about that. I'm mean, gonna you see about three to four more years, big boy. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's get those yeah. numbers up. <laughs> let's let's see let's see what you can do maybe without. Uh, a pre-made offense for you would be cool. I would like to see that. Yeah. What are you going to look like without Bo Nix? I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm just asking questions here. Uh, probably if it's probably if it's fine, maybe two or three years from now, you, uh, you move on from Barry Odom and you bring in Will Stein. Who knows? Um, but I don't, I don't think you are missing. I don't think you are missing the next Nick Saban here by passing on Will Stein. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe 30 years from now, I'll look stupid for saying that when Will Stein's glorious uh, empire is still still going at Louisville or whatever but I think you're probably okay to pass on this one I don't know that this is a must uh you know a, a can't miss must yeah, get gotta prospect. get him now yeah, yeah I think you'll I think you'll be fine hiring somebody with a little bit more experience uh, yeah. uh you know what actually I'd like to say as well is before we start building out a Dan Lanning coaching tree let's find out if Dan Lanning can ever win a big game yeah that um, would be cool <laughs> <laughs> or again, <laughs> as we said earlier, just hire Jeff Trailer. If you like his assistants so much, just go get him. You you're a big boy. Yeah. You got big boy money. What are we doing here? You, you yeah. just go hire the original. Your power program. Yeah. Or just go hire fucking Chad Morris. Who cares? Whatever. Not my problem. None of my business. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a guy that would suck for this job. Uh Jim Knowles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Old Jim. Old Jim wants a head coaching job, it seems like. Yeah, I think here here's my honest to God read on this from a little bit of conversation around it, a little bit of snooping. Um Jim is, to my understanding, making an agent play here. He has one year left on his deal. Uh he's very yeah. handsomely paid, but he would like to keep being handsomely paid. Uh he wants an extension. Uh and the fastest way to get an extension is to basically flirt with other schools. Yeah. Um he had just said he was happy at Ohio State, yada yada. But he also interviewed for the Duke job and just reached out to Arizona. So I think he's trying to get an interview to use it for a raise. Because I don't think there's any chance he gets hired here. Yeah. Um, He was a head coach for six years at Cornell. He was terrible. Uh, He had one season with a winning record 
Uh, he finished better than fourth in the division once, uh, or in the in the conference rather. Yeah. Um, and I I will I, I I I'm not gonna push back on that because his record is his record. I will say the thing that he is now known for, the thing that he is now successful for, the defense that he runs, he didn't develop until after he left Cornell. Um, I I will yeah. say that to his to his credit, his calling card was not developed until after he left that job. But the record is the record. For sure, for sure. Um, and, and generally, also, I don't know if I want to be hiring almost sixty-year-old first-time coaches. No, or, or sorry, first-time FBS coaches. Yeah, at a power four school. Well, um, and another, it's not a habit that I would make. And another yeah. thing I think that kind of goes against him here is that yes, you would be hiring an almost sixty-year-old first-time FBS head coach, but also he's only he's he's uh, coached west of literally the Mississippi, Ole Miss. Uh, once for four years as an assistant at Oklahoma State. Beyond that, he's from Philadelphia. He went to Cornell. He coached at Western Michigan, Ole Miss, uh, Cornell again, Duke, and then Ohio State. Is that the is yeah. that is that the territory? Is that the recruiting territory? And by the way, he hates recruiting. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> and and also by the way, like at every job he's been to, it's like except for Ohio State just recently, it took him like three years to install that system he is known for. Yeah. Uh and to ramp up for a while. So Yeah. Do you want to be bad for three years, the guy who can't recruit and is gonna be like out of the job anyway in ten years? Um and maybe will never be good because he has no connections to the area. Yeah. Uh I guess maybe you don't want to do that. I, I wouldn't. Maybe you want to do that. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think that your read on this is right, which is that Jim Knowles's uh, calculus here, which is understandable. I don't blame him. Is that the worst case scenario? Is that he gets to live out his retirement years in Arizona? Um, he gets to, uh, he gets to finish off an illustrious coaching career, being in Arizona, which is a storied tradition. Coaches who are just about to be done love to go to Arizona or Arizona State. I would say maybe just wait until next year and then go to North Carolina. That's the other place where you can do that if you want to just ride out the the old you know the old last five or six years of your coaching career. I think maybe he can just do that. Would be fine. You could do that. You know the area already. Um, but if that's your worst case scenario and your best case scenario is that you get more money from your current employer and you don't have to move or go anywhere, um, that would be fine. I, I think that Jim Knowles does not really see a. Uh, a, a loss state in this if if the if the loss is that you get the job you get to be a head coach at Arizona and you get to live as like an aging man in Arizona plenty of guys have done that not the end of the world I think you'll be fine I think, I think you can live with that as the worst outcome yeah yeah I mean uh, this th- fuck this school dude that's my takeaway actually this whole podcast fuck Arizona <laughs> I don't like these guys sick of these guys sick of this shit um yeah it it is a it's a retirement home for coaches we'll see if they we'll see if they want to change that that uh reputation but it's a retirement home for people yeah who, who lives out there it's yeah it's the retirement home state it's the state it's the state you go to when you are ready to just kind of give up well, i'll just bake in the sun like a lizard that'll be fine um cool cool thing to do that's uh not 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 built for the not built for the grind like us where we we want to dig our fucking cars out of four feet of snow. I love to do it. I will, I'll do it forever. You can't stop me from doing it. You don't be 80 years old digging my fucking car out of the snow. Um, you're not, you're not going to get my ass under the heat lamp. Not going to happen. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm staying moist. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes moist by licking them every couple of seconds. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's not a big deal. I can do that. I can handle that. Um, 
Yeah, I uh, yeah, fuck these guys. I, I have no affection for the for the University of Arizona. This uh, this job search is not my problem, and that is why yeah. we recorded a full, basically hour long podcast about who they Great. should and shouldn't hire. It's not my problem. Oh. It's not my business. I'm just not, hire. Yeah. Look, if you <laughs> hire one of Nansen, Brennan, or Kinney, you end up fine. Maybe yeah. more Marion, I guess. You hire the rest, you're, you're gonna freak it. Yeah, yeah. Well. What are you going to do? At least you know it's pretty easy. You, 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 you've got a couple good options. You've got some really bad options. There's not really anything in between. Just do one of the good ones. Wouldn't be that bad. You probably can just do that instead of uh, freaking it. We will see if they, in fact, freak it and who their potential uh, <laughs> freaking it case impacts moving forward if somebody else is now looking for a head coach a couple days from now when they eventually hire somebody. Um Let's get out of here. I don't think I have anything else. Ryan, we will uh, we will be back sooner than later to talk to you probably about the next head coach at Arizona and potentially about the domino effect of that hire. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you all soon.